Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today's show is brought to you by our friend Gus over at Photo IQ. You may remember him from an episode I did a couple of weeks ago where we had him on, but he's been sponsoring us for a long time. Great guy, very experienced photographer, and he's offering very extensive online photography courses. He's going to teach you how to do any kind of photography that you're interested in, help you build an online portfolio. It's going to be a more in-depth course than just about anything you'd take up until the, uh, the college level of photography. You guys know I'm a huge fan of investing in yourselves and your human capital, learning new skills, learning new trades, and this is a skill that is applicable in just about any business venture that you would go into. Everybody needs to have a website these days. Everybody needs to have an online presence. You need video. You need photography. You have to have that professional look to whatever you're doing. And the best thing about Photo IQ is that it's an online course. You can take it at your leisure whenever you want. He's offering a money-back guarantee so you have literally nothing to lose. So go to photoiq.co, use promo code FICTION. You'll get 20% off your order. 20%. You got to take them up on this. You got to hone those photography skills. It can make all the difference in whatever business venture you are going to embark on. And let's face it, this day and age, you have to have multiple streams of income. You don't want to be tied to one employer. You need to get that side gig going so that you're more secure financially and you can pick up and leave whenever you need to. The photography is something that can be done from anywhere in the world, all you need is a camera, right? So this is a very a marketable skill. It's a very versatile skill, and it's something everybody should check out. So go to photoiq.co, promo code FICTION. You'll get 20% off your order, and it comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. You really have nothing to lose, so go do that right now. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, it's happy if you're not one of these uh, one of these ships that's backed up in the Suez Canal for like a fucking week now. My God, this is this is like turning into a serious disaster. So for those of you not uh, not familiar with what's been going on, this huge, just massive um, shipping ship. <laughs> This huge vessel, it's called uh, Ever Given, and it's just full of those like shipping containers. You know, it's a massive boat. It got stuck in the Suez Canal, which for those of you that are not too familiar with geography, is a, it's a really important canal, okay? It basically connects the Mediterranean Sea to the Red Sea. It goes like sort of through Egypt and divides Africa and Asia. It's a great way to just sort of shoot down instead of having to go all the way around like the African coast or something like that. You just cut through on on this canal. And this huge vessel just gets stuck there and turned sideways. So it's blocking the whole thing. And it's a massive, it's like, uh, what do they say? It's 200,000 tons, <laughs> 200,000 tons. Do the math on that. Somebody who's smarter than me. But so it, it's, it's blocking this canal and all of these ships are now backed up like hundreds of fucking ships now. And we you know, they're carrying oil, they're carrying all sorts of goods and they can't get this thing out. They've been trying to dig it out, they dredge it, uh, tow it, you know, push it, pull it, tow it to Gulf Milford. They can't get this fucking thing out of there. And it's, it's really becoming a fucking disaster. Like something so stupid 
just the, the the slightest little oh the ship gets stuck and like like half the world's shipping capabilities are just at a complete standstill anyway happy friday everybody i don't have too much to really report over on the home front here no no big announcements or anything like that just business as usual living it up down here in mexico i got a pretty uh pretty fun weekend planned so i'm looking forward to that and then next week uh next week is a really big mexican holiday you know it, it they call it holy week semana santa i've i've actually been here for it once before years ago uh, just purely by chance i didn't even know this was a thing but all of a sudden uh, Puerto Vallarta turned into like fucking Bourbon Street, like downtown PV, you know, they call it the Malecon. Uh, it, it looked like Bourbon Street. So I just call it Mexican Mardi Gras now. But I think Easter is next Sunday. Is that right? It's the fourth, right? Yeah. So that's next Sunday. So uh, April 1st, I think, is when this this sort of Holy Week thing gets started. Or it might even be all next week. I don't know. But that's going to be kind of a, a pretty wild and crazy time over here. If memory serves me correctly, it gets very crowded. You know, I'm a little worried that they're going to do another one of these retarded things where they shut everything down at 8 o'clock or something like that. But so far, they haven't announced anything that I'm aware of. So hopefully they won't try to pull that kind of shit. But um, yeah, needless to say, I think for next week's happy hour, I will be in rare form. Well, I guess it's not that rare anymore, is it? But I think next week I might be going pretty hard. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. You know, I'm not crazy about crowds in general to begin with, which is one of the reasons why, I, you know, th this whole vaccine thing, you know, New York just came out with this vaccine passport app or some shit for your phone that they're going to try to make you use, you know. Uh, to get into concerts and things like that. Like, I, you know, I, I'm sort of over that sort of whole scene. And I don't like to go to crowded places. I don't like most people. So um, I hate lines and things like that. Uh, it, it So, you know, on, on the one hand, that doesn't really bother me because I try to avoid those things anyways. But on the other hand, it, it's super fucking creepy and Orwellian to, to have to get vaccinated in order to to live life as you know it and oh god it's just so fucking scary where we're going with this whole thing but anyway I, that's not exactly what i wanted to talk about today kind of an off day for me i've been i've been doing a lot of really random things today not the least of which was listening to some of joe biden's first press conference that i think he did yesterday oh my god was that shit fucking boring Oh, the things I do for this show. Sacrificing a Friday afternoon with a Joe Biden press conference. My God. I hope you guys appreciate me. <laughs> and all the sacrifices I make for you guys. Because I could have been down at the pool. I could have been walking the beach. But no, no. I was watching Joe Biden fumble his way through an, like, an hour-long press conference. I, I skipped through most of it. I, I, I just couldn't stand the. Uh, it, it's just so goddamn boring. It really makes you miss Donald Trump just for the fucking theatrical aspect of it. You know, he's got. I mean, Biden has never looked more confused and older when he's trying to give one of these press conferences. I mean, he, he's. I'm pretty sure he has like a pamphlet. With it's like a picture book of all the. Um, there's only like. I don't know, six or six reporters in there or something. And they're doing this stupid thing, you know, where they're all sitting, like all the chairs are set up like six feet apart from each other. It's just so fucking stupid. And he has no, he doesn't know any of their names or anything like that. You know, Trump would give these, you know, uh, these press conferences. And by the way, it's like almost fucking April. And this is the first one he's giving. Trump had done probably fucking 30 in the first uh, two months. You know, it seemed like every day he was giving one because he just ate that shit up. You know, he loves to be the fucking center of attention. And he knew all these reporters, you know, he'd just be calling on them by name, you know, pointing them out. Like, who am I going to go to next? Like Joe Biden had a very specific list that he was going off of. And it would take him a good, you know, 10 seconds, 10, 12, 15 seconds. There'd be a, a pregnant pause every time he was trying to figure out who he was supposed to call on next. My God, like the questions, it was just like the, the vast majority of it surrounded, you know, there were some questions about the, the border issue, you know, the, the kids in cages. That was all the outrage when Donald Trump was doing it. But now that it's Joe Biden, 
the left in particular doesn't seem to be too outraged about it, but at least there was like some questions from the the press corps on that. But then they, you know, they did the, the stupid fucking question about like they they asked him several times if he plans on running in 2024. Like, wh- why are we fucking talking about that? You have so like the guy hasn't given a fucking press conference in four months, uh, three months, right? In three months. And you have one question to ask him. You're one of the six reporters that they let into this socially distanced room. And you have one fucking question to ask. And you're asking him if he's going to run for re-election in four fucking years? Are you kidding me? What the fuck is that? That's got to be the dumbest question. It's got to be the, the most fucking... Not, not, it's like beyond softball. It's just stupid. There's no fucking way he's running in 2024. He'll be lucky to make it through this year. We all know this. We all know this. And even if he was going to run in 2024, who the fuck cares? It's three years from now. Three fucking years from now. They're asking if he's setting up a fucking election campaign because that's what Trump did. And is Kamala going to be on the ticket with him? Are, Are you fucking kidding me? Unbelievable. Who cares? Who cares what's going to happen three years from now? And and in his defense, like that was kind of his answer. So um, I would have been much more flippant about it. But, you know, he's Joe Biden. Um, I, I just I just couldn't believe it. He's taking six questions and two of them were. I mean, they ask follow up questions, of course, but two of them were about whether or not he's going to run for reelection in three years. Unfucking believable Unbelievable. And then the other thing was, you know, the filibuster issue, which, I, I, you know, after they got done filibustering for the last four years, now that the Democrats are in power, they want to end the filibuster because, you know, it's making it too hard to, for government to get things done, right? Listen, I know they, they probably didn't teach you this in your fucking eighth grade civics class or whatever, but that's the point. The whole fucking point of setting up the government the way the founders did was to make it very difficult to get things done because the federal government was not supposed to be doing anything. That's why they gave them few and defined enumerated powers. And that's why they made it so fucking hard to change things. If you want to change the fucking constitution, you got to get two-thirds of the fucking states to get on board with it. You need a two-thirds majority to do this, a two-thirds majority to do that. Yeah, you can fucking filibuster. It's not supposed to be easy to fucking ram through legislation. That's not what our government is is designed to do. It's not what it was supposed to do. They're not supposed to be doing anything. Read fucking Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, where they list all of the powers that the federal government has. And there's not that many. It's only a few paragraphs. You can read it in a couple minutes, but literally nothing. I know I've talked about this before on the show, but nothing the federal government is doing right now is constitutional. Like practically nothing. Maybe, uh, I I bet you if you ran the fucking, the numbers on it, well, I guess the, the, you know, the military budget is so fucking big, but everything the military is doing is unconstitutional because none of these fucking wars were actually um you know declared or anything like that but it's probably less than fucking five percent of our eight trillion dollar budget is actually going towards constitutionally protected or uh constitutionally granted powers to the federal government everything else is fucking illegal highly illegal so thank god for the fucking filibuster i mean it's literally the last line of defense that we have now if they, they should be filibustering everything it's not like the Supreme Court's going to be the uh, the last resort here. It's not like we can count on them to declare some piece of legislation unconstitutional or to to rein in government a little bit. No, no. They're going to rubber stamp anything. They'll they'll find a justification for any fucking thing that they want. If they think it's a good idea, they they want the government to do it, they'll find a way to justify it. So the only the only chance that we have now of stopping this leviathan from getting even bigger is a filibuster i mean that's it that's all we have and as long as you can get one good fucking person in there you know one rand paul like that that's all you need to to you know pump the brakes on this fucking thing i mean without that we would be totally fucked we'd be totally i mean yeah you know the 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 two-thirds majority or whatever helps out helps out a little bit 
but man, they, they can get away with so much with just the, the 50 votes plus, plus the fucking Kamala Harris that they're, they're, there's so much shit that they could get done whether legally or illegally, and it'll go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court will find a justification for it, or they'll do executive orders. I mean, even with the filibuster, you can still do fucking executive order horse shit too. So, I mean, the fact that they're getting hung up on this is is kind of ridiculous. But anybody that wants any form of limited government should be singing the filibuster's praises. The Democrats loved to filibuster when Donald Trump was trying to do shit. I mean, this filibuster thing is just so goddamn stupid. <laughs> like, I, I don't even think it's physically possible for them to legally get rid of the filibuster. I mean, I, you know, I don't know all of the little fucking ins and outs and intricacies of how fucking Congress can operate and shit like that. But they can't just like be like, OK, we're we're getting rid of the filibuster. They got to put it to a vote. Right. And you can filibuster that. So it's like, I can filibuster your attempt at getting rid of the filibuster. So what are we doing here? Why are we even talking about this? It's fucking impossible. It's just a bunch of bullshit. As long as there is one person willing to filibuster your attempt at getting rid of the filibuster, you're fucked. You're absolutely fucked. And they need like 60 votes anyway, which they'll never get. Um, anyway, this idea that the government exists to do things and that you know the, the quicker they can get things done the better that is just wrong that that is not what our government is or was ever supposed to be they got us confused with some of these other governments across the pond america was supposed to be different that the federal government's not supposed to do practically anything the federal government was just here to to secure our rights which we already had not give us a bunch of free stuff and invest in this and and send money overseas and give student loans and bail out the banks and all this shit no no they're not supposed to do any of that which is why everything that they're doing is unconstitutional and illegal you know i mentioned the the post office uh, at the end of the last episode i did cuz i i didn't have time to get into this new uh post office issue that's one of the few powers the one one of the few things that the federal government was allowed to do in the constitution they were granted this power to set up a fucking postal service and postal roads and maintain all that shit right and they've just done uh, such a bang-up job of it you know they've um they're only projecting a hundred billion dollars in losses coming up which has prompted the uh the postmaster general is it louis DeJoy? louis DeJoy? i don't know uh, he's got a 10-year plan, <laughs> okay? I love it when fucking government agencies, you know, Congress or, uh, you know, the the uh, the Postmaster General, they come up with these 10-year plans. Like, they're actually going to fucking follow through. Like, the only reason they come up with 10-year plans is because they know nobody's going to be there in fucking 10 years to fucking follow through on all this shit. Oh, yeah, I'm going to balance the budget in 10 years. It's like, okay, yeah. Are you even going to be in fucking Congress in 10? Well, it, they might be, but, you know, the the whole plan goes out the window every fucking two to four years two, four, six years, whatever it is, you're going to come up with a 10-year plan every two years. <laughs> okay. And nothing ever gets done. So DJ's 10-year business plan, which was disclosed on Tuesday, reported by the Wall Street Journal, outlines the Postmaster's attempt to modernize operations and financially overhaul USPS to improve service reliability. The plan is also requesting federal relief to ease financial burdens for retiree benefits and increase new investments to expand delivery service as e-commerce booms. Now look, yes, the Constitution does allow for the federal government to set up and maintain a post office. The Constitution is also a couple hundred years old, okay? Um Things have changed a little bit. And just because the Constitution allows for the federal government to do something doesn't mean that they should do it necessarily. And certainly not in perpetuity. When something becomes a, a fucking relic, a completely outdated, unnecessary, unmitigated disaster that the fucking USPS is, why not just get rid of it? What are we what are we holding on here to? I mean, you know, Seinfeld has been ripping on the post office since the fucking 90s. Like 30 years ago, Kramer was telling us that we didn't need fucking mail. We didn't need mail delivery. Yeah, you had fax, email, just singing telegrams. You get all kinds of, What a great episode that was, too. Oh my god. 
It's fucking Seinfeld. What a great show. But yeah, we didn't need it in 1996. We certainly don't fucking need it in 2021. What are we clinging to here? I mean, what do you get in the mail that you need? That you There's no other way for you to fucking get it. Hmm? Anything? You can pay your fucking bills automatically online. You have email. Everybody has fucking email in 2021. Uh, if you don't have email, it's because you don't want email. I mean, I, I have... So I haven't been home to to my place in Chicago since last Christmas. Before that, I was gone basically since July. Okay? I am... Um, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny because um, I hate dealing with fucking administrative shit and particularly when it involves a government bureaucracy. So I um, I enlisted the aid of, <laughs> of uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine. Dear, dear, dear friend of the show. And... I asked her to fucking deal with my mail, like to to put a uh, a hold on it. And she's like, "Well, how long do you want to fucking put a hold on it for?" And I was like, "Crap!" I was like, "I want to permanently put a hold on it, but they'll only let you do it one month at a time. So each month you have to fucking uh, renew the hold on your mail, and then after three months, I think they just fucking send it to you, all of it. Now there is nothing in there that I need." 90% of it is junk horse shit, catalogs that I never signed up for, coupons that for restaurants in Chicago that I'm never going to fucking eat at, you know, bills. I, I get bills for things that I've, I've gone, um, you know, that I pay automatically online. They just automatically fucking deduct it from, uh, you know, they automatically charge my credit card or something like that. You know, like, I don't need any of this shit. And if, it, if there was something I needed, you could use any of these private companies, that would be far more efficient, far cheaper in the long run. It's like, yeah, okay, what's a stamp cost now? Like 40 cents or something. I have no fucking idea what postage costs. But uh, the $100 billion in projected losses that we're going to be on the fucking hook for, uh, yeah, that's pretty expensive for bringing pieces of fucking worthless paper door to door that nobody wants. You don't think a fucking private company could come up with a way for you to send a Christmas card to your family members? I mean, this is nonsense. This is beyond a waste of money. I mean, of all the things that we're fucking blowing money on, like all these like postal work, we got to pay their pensions until the fucking day they die. Uh, this is nonsense. And people are like, oh, well, how are you going to get stuff out to like the rural countryside where they don't have access to all this shit? I don't know. The same way we get shit out there now. Uh, they have roads, right? All these roads that we keep hearing about that I keep getting taxed for. Use those. Somebody will figure it out. Oh, it'll be more expensive. Well, maybe it should be more expensive if you live out in the fucking sticks to send a letter in the mail. Why wouldn't it be more expensive? They got to go all the way out there in the fucking bumblefuck USA, pick up your stupid letter and set, and drive all the way back. Okay, yeah, that's going to cost a little more. But everything else is cheaper out there. The land's cheaper. Your food's cheaper. Your gas is cheaper. They're trade-offs. These are all trade-offs. It's not like you're going to be cut off from society completely if you didn't want to. There'll be companies that service those areas. Yeah, it'll cost you a little more for mail. <laughs> okay, uh, send an email. It's free. I don't know what to tell you. This is all just fucking absolutely ridiculous. But the um, the biggest change here is that, this is back to the article here, is that we have a growth plan, DJoy said in an interview. Over the last 14 years, USPS has lost money every year with a $9.2 billion net loss in 2020. How are they doing so far? How are they doing? You know, every time you hear a fucking politician or some bureaucrat talk about how they're going to do this or they're going to do that and we have a plan for this and we have a plan for that, just ask yourself this one simple question because they, I guarantee you whatever they're talking about, they have been fucking bloviating about for at least the last 50 years. At least. It's not a new idea that they're talking about. They're already doing it to some extent. So just ask yourself, how are they doing so far? How are they doing so far? Oh, we have a growth plan. Hey, you're going to grow $9.2 billion in net losses to $15 billion in net losses. How are they doing? How are they doing so far? Yeah, we can deliver mail. Oh, can you now? Can you now? Because I have 2.75 bookshelves sitting in my second bedroom that would beg to differ. 
that you can fucking deliver shit on time. Shows up three months late after I canceled the orders. Beautiful. Fucking idiots. DJ's plan is to concentrate more on e-commerce delivery than first class mail. First class mail is down more than 36% since 2007. Revenues from packages have tripled since 2007 due to online shopping, DJ said. You have to ride the growth up. Referring to his plan to refocus efforts on expanding e-commerce shipping. So this is like, you know, the the deal that they they struck with Amazon. You know, Amazon beat him up pretty good. If I remember correctly, and and they struck some deal that they're, you know, they're taking losses delivering Amazon packages. DJ proposed raising rates on first class mail to address the decline in volume. Okay, how's that? (laughs) That's just going to make volume decline even more. Uh, The government has told us to break even, to be self-sustaining, Ron Bloom, chairman of USPS Board of Governors, said in an interview. They've also told us... (laughs) Well, that's that. That's what every fucking private business strives to do, isn't it? To break even. <laughs> Although you know, this day and age, we have all these fucking idiotic companies that lose hundreds of billions of dollars every quarter. They they are striving to break even as well, but that's because they don't charge for anything. These are free services. Uh, we're we're paying out the ass for this fucking government service that nobody wants apparently. They've also told us that the only place you get money is from the sale of your product. The only way that circle squares is if we can charge a little more for our product. Along with higher rates on first-class mail, shipping times will take longer, up to five days instead of three. Okay, so hang on. Let me let me get this straight. So the, uh, the, the big plan here to write the ship of the... Um, Hundred billion dollars in projected losses from USPS is to um, and, and to you know shore up the fact that first class mail is down thirty six percent since uh, two thousand seven. So in order to shore all that up, we're going to increase prices and slow down our services. So you get to pay more, and it's going to take longer to get the mail. Unbelievable! That is brilliant. That is fucking brilliant. Wonder how many people it took to come up with this fucking 10 year plan. DJoy and Bloom said that the agency would continue delivery services six days a week. The plan doesn't include widespread layoffs nor winding down operations in smaller regions. Oh, thank God for that. Can't have widespread layoffs now, can we? Oh my God. You see the problem when you have a government monopoly on something? They've made it illegal for anybody else to deliver mail the, w- the way um, they deliver mail, right? So that's illegal. We're forced to pay for this at the threat of a fucking gun, right? At gunpoint, we have to pay for this shit. So they can take as many losses as they want. Billions of dollars every year? Sure. Who cares? Can't lay anybody off, though. So you're not going to lay anybody off. You're not going to wind down operations in smaller regions. No, no. We're going we're gonna to ramp those up, I'm sure. Increase prices and uh, slow down our delivery times. That's what everybody wants from the fucking USPS. I'd like to take it, you know, I'd like to order a bookshelf, cancel it, and have it come six months later instead of three months later. That's, that's what I'm looking for. The proposal is expected to be analyzed by Congress. Oh, thank God for that. Unions representing 640,000 workers are expected to chime in. Uh, I'm sure they will. 640,000 workers delivering worthless 90% of the time worthless catalogs and shit that nobody wants door to door all day long. And then the stuff that you actually want takes longer, gets lost, is broken during shipping. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you really just have to watch Seinfeld to get to get um the most accurate portrayal of uh of the United States Postal Service. I mean, it, it's fucking uncanny how fu- I don't know what um <laughs> I don't know what happened to like Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld when it came to uh, mail delivery, but they really fucking had it in. They rip, they rip USPS to shreds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says, uh, "Do not bend." Oh, sure. Do not bend. Crinkle, crease, fold. <laughs> Shove it in there any way you can. Newman's fucking hiding mail in storage lockers. Then Kramer goes down to the post office to get them to stop his mail permanently. Newman starts freaking out. Oh, I'll take this, Victoria. Why don't you go take your three-hour lunch break? (laughs) 
Oh, man, what a great show. The plan also includes more trucking capacity to move first-class mail and packages than airplanes, where it relies on third-party carriers such as FedEx. The move, it says, will save money and improve delivery times. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no shit. We're going to rely on this private corporation to save money and improve delivery times. Yeah. How about we just rely on private corporations to do all of this? How about that? And, you know, they've had in the past, they've had other retarded government schemes to try to shore up the books of USPS. You know, I know a few years ago they were coming out with these forever stamps. You know, they're they're selling these things uh, handle like you could you could lock in basically the um the rate of postage because you could buy a stamp you know five six years seven eight years ago whatever it was for whatever postage cost say 35 cents and no matter how much they increase the cost of postage you could use these forever stamps i I could use one of these forever stamps 30 fucking years from now you know when we're flying around in fucking space shuttles and shit like the jetsons no doubt they'll still be driving around in these stupid ass trucks because it's the goddamn government but uh postage would probably cost like 15 dollars. i can use the forever stamp that i paid 35 cents for the goal is to shift more letter and package volumes to the ground to improve efficiency using more space and trailers we have put way too much of our cubic foot movement up on air D. Joyce said. He noted trucks and USPS networks generally run around 35% full. Oh, okay. <laughs> to increase capacity, USPS plans to integrate new automated equipment to improve efficiency and delivery services. It also plans to convert 21 distribution centers to regional packing package-only sites. D. Joyce will likely face criticism from congressional members for the proposed overhaul as they call for higher prices and worse service for mail. Uh, yeah, seriously, why can't we just get rid of it? I mean, this shouldn't even be controversial. It's like, let's just get rid of it. There, there's a million fucking people out there that can come up with a better way of delivering mail. Better, cheaper, faster, more efficient, all of that. I mean, what are we doing? Like, the government's not involved. In, the government doesn't have enough fucking shit to worry about and bringing catalogs door to door. What are we doing here? You know, there are so many departments that we could eliminate. You know, huge fucking expenses that, that are just completely fucking pointless. Agriculture, commerce, the Department of Weights and Measures. All this shit, you know, once a bureaucracy is created, it's never destroyed. It, it, you never get rid of it. It doesn't matter how antiquated and unnecessary it is. It's going to be there forever. We are going to have mailmen delivering fucking mail on, like, you know, Mars when we colonize it. I mean, th this has got to be one of the biggest wastes of resources, right? You know, it's like we're killing trees. We're using fossil fuels. We're paying out our fucking ass for all of the 640,000 workers, plus all the ones that have retired over the years. We have to pay their pensions. Uh, this is not productive behavior. This is squandering resources. If it was productive behavior, they wouldn't be losing $9.2 billion last year. They wouldn't be projecting $100 billion worth of losses. You, you see, profit and loss is, is what tells you whether or not you're being a good steward of the world's resources. If you turn a profit, you are providing a service that is not only necessary but valued by other people. And you're doing it in a very efficient way. That's what the profit is telling you. If you're taking losses, you're doing the opposite of that. You're not providing value. You're not doing it in an efficient way. You're squandering precious resources. And everything the government does, literally everything, is a squandering of precious resources. There is no productive behavior that takes place. It could all be done by you know free individuals in the private sector, the free market, uh, voluntary operations, voluntary interaction, and products and services that aren't profitable, they go away. If things that are antiquated, that nobody wants anymore, that, that are no longer necessary, they lose money. They go away, unlike government. Government loses money left and right. Government is old, antiquated, immoral. I mean, you name it. <laughs> um, that's government, but it never goes away. Like I said, we still have a department of weights and measures. Like, what do they do there all day long? Haven't we figured out how to fucking weigh and measure everything by now? 
I mean, if, if I Google something, you know, if converting fucking centimeters to inches or kilograms to pounds, I mean, we, we've got all this shit figured out. Why, why do we still have this thing here? What do they do all day? Like, if you call the, the Department of uh, uh, the Bureau of Weights and Measures, who, who answers? Like, wh- what do you talk? Like, what do they do over there all day long? If you really want to have some fun, look up a list, like go to the fucking government website and just look up a list of all the departments and, and bureaucracies there are. It's pages long of like the dumbest shit you could fucking imagine still exists. Man, maybe I should. You want me to do that right now? Let's have a little fun on Friday, huh? Hang on just a second. Yeah, oh, maybe not. We're kind of I, <laughs> I kind of ran a little long with the whole mail thing. So um, you guys can do that on your own for some, <laughs> some some weekend fun if you really feel like torturing yourselves. But uh, yeah, I, I don't understand why we insist on clinging to this antiquated bullshit government service that nobody really needs or wants. Take the hint. The proof is in the fucking pudding. You lost $9 billion last year. It's over. You're done for. We don't need this anymore. Go back. Yeah, we, we haven't needed it since the 90s. Kramer was on to something. Oh, and that reminds me, you know, one of our sponsors for today's show, I guess, could be the Lucky Guy Bakery, bringing you delicious handmade brownies made with just the, the freshest all-natural ingredients. I can't say enough good things about them, but they, um, yeah, I tried to send my sister some of these brownies for... Uh, I think it was Christmas or something like that, you know, and they, um, they, they ship via USPS. And so it takes, you know, it takes a while for these brownies to get there. Unfortunately, I mean, that's probably the only downside, but you can't really blame, uh, you know, you can't really take that, that out on the lucky guy bakery. It's the fucking postal service. Anyway, they, uh, <laughs> I get it. I get an email from, uh, from Joni and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on your sister's order. The, um, the the U.S. Postal Service sent. They're supposed to go to Portland, Oregon, where my sister lives, right? And she's like, "Your your her brownies are in Guam right now." And I was like, "What what the fuck? What the fuck are they doing in Guam?" She's like, "I don't know. It's the Postal Service. They went to Guam, Puerto Rico, and then to eventually they got to Portland, Oregon. That is that is your Postal Service for you, okay? They the the, the company I believe is in Indiana, okay? So they went from from Indiana to Portland, Oregon, by way of Guam and Puerto Rico. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> anyway, I uh, lo- love me some Lucky Guy Bakery brownies. They're delicious and chocolatey, so go check them out. Get yourself some brownies. Hopefully the, uh, the USPS won't screw it up, and you'll, you'll get them in a, in a timely manner. Use my uh, pro- promo code PF20. P as in pedaling, F as in fiction, 20 for 20% off your order. Go do that right now. And I guess as long as we're um, talking about sponsors, let's thank our other sponsor for today's show. That is the CoinBits app. And you should know them by now. But if you are not familiar, they are one of these new sort of, they call them like rounding apps or something like that. Now, it's not an app that you can get on your phone just yet. They're working on that. So you got to go to your computer. You go to coinbitsapp.com slash fiction so they know I sent you. And you can set up this account where they will round off all of the purchases that you make with your credit card that end in some random um, cent, you know, 30 cents, 45 cents, 50 cents. They'll round that up to the nearest dollar, take that spare change, and every week they will invest it in Bitcoin for you. So they will buy some Bitcoin with your spare change. It's a, it's a great way for you to dollar cost average your way into cryptocurrency to sort of dip your toe into that arena. I, I don't know exactly where Bitcoin is right now, but it's it's somewhere in the fifty mid fifty thousand dollar a coin range, and very few of us have that kind of cash laying around. But we do have a lot of spare change on all of these credit card transactions that we're using. So you can take that spare change, start you know saving it up over time, and gradually build into a position in Bitcoin. It's it's a great way to sort of mitigate some of that risk and of timing the market and figuring out how much to actually invest in. You just do it gradually over time. 
So if you're looking for a way to get some exposure to Bitcoin, if you don't want to have to deal with, you know, setting up all this complicated technology shit that, you know, I can't handle, go to coinbitsapp.com slash fiction, set up an account with them. They'll take care of all that back end sort of stuff for you. And you can start investing that spare change in Bitcoin today. And of course, the obvious disclaimer so that I don't have government agents kicking down my door is that I am in no way, shape or form authorized or qualified to give you investment advice. That's not what this is. This is just me letting you know of this cool company that's out there. And if you need some Bitcoin or you're looking for a way to invest in it and it is suitable for you and your risk tolerance and your portfolio and all of that good stuff, Check them out at thecoinbitsapp.com slash fiction. All right, where were we? Let's see what, what else I got in the stack here today. Yeah, a couple other things that kind of caught my eye the last couple of days is that the, uh, the Biden administration, along with the attorneys general from nine states, submitted arguments asking the Supreme Court justices to uphold warrantless home entry and gun confiscation by police. Now, this goes back to the whole uh, gun control thing that I touched on in the last episode. And this is just another case of the mental gymnastics that idiots embark on every day of the week. It, it, it is mind-boggling to me. All right, the, the people that are out there protesting police brutality, Right. The, all, all the, the summer of protests, all these people that are, you know, rightfully upset about police treatment or, you know, the Breonna Taylor thing, you know, the no knock raids that they're, that have gotten people killed in their houses for innocent people. On the one hand, you're, you're ready to burn the country down for that. But on the other hand, you're supporting warrantless fucking home invasions to confiscate guns. What could possibly go wrong with that? I mean, how could anybody take this shit seriously? Like, do we have a fucking Bill of Rights or not? We're just going to allow government aid? Like, how is the Supreme Court even bothering to hear these arguments? That's what I want to know. Yeah, they have like some clause, like community caregiving or some clause that they can hide behind, you know, like that that allows them to uh, warrantlessly... enter somebody's house you know if there's like a gas leak or something like that uh that's not what this is okay this is gun confiscation this is armed agents of the state breaking into your fucking house and stealing your property <laughs> like my god what, what what could you possibly be thinking uh allowing a, a government agency to have that kind of power it's like the, the one or two cases where that would actually benefit somebody Versus the potential, the incredible potential for them to abuse the shit out of that. Are you kidding me? It's like, yeah, you could think of like a one-off exception case where it's like, yeah, they really needed to get into this house like because this guy was going to kill himself or something. But remember what we talked about on the last episode with the camel's nose under the tent. You think the second they get the fucking authority to without probable cause, without a warrant, without any sort of due process whatsoever, they can just break into your house and start taking your shit? Imagine what they could do with that kind of power. Anyway, I can't see that this possibly getting um, getting any traction. It's just way too fucking far fetched. But you know, who 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 knows? You know, uh, at least with the way the Supreme Court is now, if uh, you know, if Trump didn't get a bunch of a uh, you know Republican appointees in there, th- this could have this could go very differently. Or if they stack the Supreme Court, they end up doing that. Just absolutely outrageous. And then, you know, going from the sublime to the ridiculous. Did I just use that properly? Probably not. Uh, the uh, the city of Oakland. City of Oakland mayor, Mayor Libby Schaff, has announced a program to give poor families in Oakland $500 a month in monthly checks. They're going to give you a monthly stipend as, as long as you're earning under $30,000 a year. They will give you $500 a month. Unless, of course, you're white. And then, uh, you know, we're not too concerned about poor white people, apparently. I I guess they don't count as being poor because, you know, I got all that white privilege. It's like, yeah, sure, you're only making $15,000 a year. um, But, you know, you're white, so you're not eligible for these $500 checks a a month. A program 
to give $500 monthly checks to low-income families of color in Oakland, California, has been criticized for explicitly excluding the 10,000 white residents living in poverty in the city. The lottery system funded by private philanthropists will see the no-strings-attached checks go to households with an annual income of less than 59000 if they have at least one child. Oh, I thought, okay. The other half of the $500 checks will go to those earning under 30000 According to the data from Oakland Equity Indicators Report, cited by officials to justify favoring people of color, white households earn about three times that of African-American ones. The same report states under around uh, states around 8% of the city's white residents, approximately 10% live in poverty, which is defined by less earning less than $12,880 a year, apparently. <laughs> you just can't you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, it it really is unbelievable. We're going to come up with this program. We're going to give out $500 checks, but not not to white people. Yeah, that's going to work out real well. That's going to work out wonderfully, uh, especially for this whole, you know, um, unity, build back better, bring the country together, get the soul of America back. It's like, let, let, let's just keep uh, let's keep shitting on uh, white people, in particular, poor white people, <laughs> because, you know, they may be poor. They may be only making twelve thousand dollars a year, but they're white. Any, any day now that white privilege is going to kick in and, you know, Donald Trump's going to swoop in and like a fucking helicopter, pick you up and, and bring you back to the uh, the land, uh, the, the prosperous land of white privilege where you just sit around all day and eat caviar and have, uh, I don't know, this is all just so ridiculous. I, I just I, I love watching the, uh, the, the complete implosion of this country. You just kind of have to laugh at it at this point. And, I, you know, it's still not clear to me where this money is coming from. It said it was from like a, a private philanthropy. It's like, oh, OK, <laughs> whatever, do whatever you want. But listen, you know, getting getting handed a, a, a check, you know, for five hundred dollars a month or something, getting a stipend. Well, it may be tempting and seem like a good idea. It's not going to make you happy. OK, you know, it may help with some of your your financial troubles, you know, to get an extra five hundred bucks a month. But it's going to trap you. It's going to depress you because, you know, you know, deep down, you, you didn't earn that money. Who knows? You might even end up resenting the, the, these types of programs. You know, like when people, you know, when you talk to like really successful people that end up, uh, you know, giving their friends money and things like that, a, a lot of them tell these stories of, of just uh, their friends resenting them. Because you know, you know, you did nothing to get this money. It was just handed to you almost out of pity. But I don't know, you know, the way our, our culture has devolved today, people just kind of expect things to be given to them for free. And it's, uh, man, it, it's such a difference between the culture now versus like 100 years ago. You know, like during the, the Great Depression, when the, you know, the uh, that was sort of when the, the first welfare programs came into existence. And people were ashamed to take that money. Like it was, you you did everything possible to not get on the government dole because first of all, you knew, and you know, this might be a little different when it's, you know, uh, a private philanthropy giving you $500 a month. But like the, the point is the same, you know, um, people giving you money that you didn't earn makes you feel ashamed. And especially when you know, uh, 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 when it comes to welfare programs, that it's other people's money. You know, this is back when, People understood that the government doesn't just have all of this money that you know, a, a tree that this money grows on. They take it from other people and then they give it to the people on welfare. And imagine being in the Great Depression, the Great Depression, and not wanting to take a handout and having enough pride to do everything possible to avoid doing that. And some of these people paid the money back when they got back on their feet. Could you imagine? Anybody doing that today? You know, one of these, you know, one of these families in Oakland getting getting five hundred bucks a month, you know, because they've fallen on hard times, and then paying that money back. Anybody on welfare, you know, grew up on welfare, taking handouts from the government, paying all of that money back when they get back, if and when they get back on their feet. Nobody's doing that now. Hey, I remember a few years ago when like the. Um, there was a, a delay in the EBT cards coming out, like getting funded. They were like fucking rioting. 
trashing these fucking stores. People are throwing tantrums because they, they feel entitled now to these handouts. This sort of stuff, you know, beyond just being really bad economic, you know, the universal basic income and, and things like beyond just being really bad economics, in my opinion, they're just very detrimental to the, the human spirit, to the human psyche. They're going to do more damage than like, you know, 500 bucks a month. I, I'm sorry. Like that's, I, I know if like you're making 12 grand a year, that might seem like a lot of money, but it really is like, you should be able to by accident make $500 a month, uh, by accident, just falling into it, make 500 bucks a month and actually earn it, provide value to society, not just sitting around and, and expecting other people to give you things. Uh, th- this is going to do tremendous damage to just the culture, to people, to individuals. Uh, it's really just sad. I don't know how, how far we've, um, how far we have fallen from where we used to be. But anyway, I guess I'll wrap there. <laughs> I love ending these Friday episodes on a high note. Thank you all so very much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, do me a favor and follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. That's uh, I want to get those those Twitter numbers up. Oh, speaking of Twitter, on um, next week, I guess I'll make a little announcement here, a little teaser. I have a, an interview with, with somebody you guys may know from Twitter, uh, Sal Mayweather. Sal the Agorist is going to be on the show. So we're doing an interview on Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe we'll drop that for the Thursday episode. Give uh, Justin a little time. I think we'll probably do video. So I'll give Justin a, a day or so to get his act together and clean up that video for me. So I will do um, an episode Monday and then we'll record that Tuesday, drop it Thursday or, fri- uh, or Friday or something like that. Um, so that, that, that's going to be pretty cool. I, I like that guy's Twitter account. Um, I'm very interested. I've never really talked to an agorist before. So I have a lot of questions and I think that could be a, a pretty fun interview. So I'm looking forward to that as you guys should as well. So follow me on Twitter, at Pedal Fiction. Become a supporting listener of the show if you want to join our next happy hour, which will be one week from today. You can do that by going to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. Click on the Support the Show tab and set up a recurring monthly donation that will get you into the happy hour group. We do it every other Friday. We have a great time. Uh, I look forward to these a lot more than I actually thought I was going to. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest, but it, it's a lot of fun. You know, we get together, you, you bring your beverage of choice. I usually make fun of Justin because he's drinking some weird Mike's Hard Lemonade shit, you know, some purple drink or whatever, <laughs> uh, which reminds me, I got to go to the store. Uh, I am dangerously low on alcohol, but um, yeah. We, we throw back uh, a couple drinks, we watch the sunset, we shoot the breeze. It's a, a great way to connect with uh, fellow fans of the show, and it, it's a great way for me to connect with you guys, and I, I really enjoy it. So do that as well. It's, a, it's one of those win-wins. You know, you get to hang out with me every other Friday, who wouldn't want to be able to do that, and then I get to take those monthly donations and use them to try to grow our audience and increase our reach. So help me, help you, whatever. Do all that for me. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. 